If you want to shape future generations, the place to begin is on your face before God, nurturing a heart that worships our great God, to nurture holiness in your own walk, to be marked by the fear of God, to cultivate a responsiveness to Him. This is Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Dr. Crawford Loretz. Crawford has been in church and Christian organizational ministry for nearly 50 years. He's the author of Unshaken, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow, A Passionate Commitment, and Leadership as an Identity. Crawford currently serves as head of Beyond Our Generation, a Christian leadership mentoring program. We're in a series of messages titled Awestruck, and we're looking at what it means to fear God as stated in Scripture. We've learned that to fear God means to have a correct understanding of God, an understanding that leads to obedience and a mature faith. In just a few moments, part two of the message, The Blessing of Fear. Crawford is sharing five blessings that come from fearing God. Last week, the first two, wisdom and goodness. The remaining three today. Our text is Psalm 25. That's Psalm 25. Here's Crawford Loretz on living a legacy. The third benefit of the fear of the Lord is direction. Psalm 25, verses 12 through, um, through 13. Who is the man or the woman that fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. Who is the person that fears the Lord? That person who fears the Lord. God says, I will instruct in the way that they should choose. In this verse, implied is the urgency of life. It's implied there. That life is not an, a random journey where I'm rolling the dice, but that God has a plan. God has a purpose for our lives. God has places for us to be. God has things for us to do. He has assignments for us to walk through. There's something that he wants to do in and through our lives. But you don't get that if we don't worship him and spend time in his presence. The fear of the Lord always produces clarity. Always produces clarity. Uh, that was the case with, with Isaiah. Finally, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, when he got close to his heart, he got cleaned. He worshiped him. What did he hear? He heard what he'd always been saying. There was clarity in his heart and mind. There was direction. God was leading him. And one of the reasons why we fear the Lord is because he has the answers and we don't. And we were meant to live life in a dependent posture. And when you fear God, you say, I'm not giving you my agenda and I'm not making my mind up and asking you to bless it. I want to know what you want me to do. I want my life to reflect where you want me to be. And the fear of the Lord puts us in a position to be taught and led. And see, here's the irony of it. Oh, some of us are just too proud for our own good. We just think we're headstrong. We're all that smart in a bag of chips. We're so insightful, and we've got such strong wills, and we're bootstrapping it all the way. But in the, you know, when it, when, if the truth be told, we're so conflicted. And the fear of the Lord says, Crawford, here's the price you're going to have to pay. 
price you're going to have to pay is you're going to take, a, take your hands off my life, off your life. The price that you have to pay, buddy, the price that you have to pay is stop giving me a list of things to do. I don't need your list, you need mine. And the fear of the Lord says that I, I submit myself to be taught and to be led. Now, we often quote uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and rightly so. It's a great, great two verses about God leading us and blessing us. And although the word fear is not used in those two verses, I submit to you it's all over that. Notice what he says here in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. But pay attention to what he just said there. The way to get your paths directed, you do what? You trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Singular trust. Lean not to your own understanding. Be careful of listening to yourself and your colleagues. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The Hebrew could have been translated, bring the knowledge of God into all your ways, the fear of God. Meaning that my life is the arena for God's choices and God's decisions and his plans to be lived out. And once there's that level of submission and worship to our great God, oh, he, he will make your path straight. But what comes before that is the fear of the Lord. Direction, instruction, all of these things. It's a product of fearing God. The fourth benefit and blessing from fearing the Lord is comprehensive well-being. Comprehensive well-being. Where do you get that from? Let's go back to Psalm 25, verse 13. Actually, the banner statement, the thesis statement is given in verse 12. Who is the one who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way that he should choose. Now, the fourth thing is that verse 13 says, his soul shall abide in well-being. His soul shall abide in well-being. The word abide, if you fear the Lord, your soul, the inner structure of your being will stay at a place of well-being. Why? Because you fear God. Now think about that for a moment. The reason why you're doing well is because the one who controls the universe and controls everything in this world is the theme and source of your life and you will abide in well-being. Yeah, that's repeated over in the New Testament, isn't it? Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, right? Don't be rattled, but take everything to God, the ancient of days. And then it says, the benefit of that and the peace of God that goes beyond all human comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well-being. Well-being. Now, this doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you, you're, you're, you're smiling all the time. It doesn't mean that you don't feel heartache sometimes. 
doesn't mean that you don't feel the, the sting of suffering and the pressures that are there, certainly. But it means that there is, there is a soul-enriching stability in your life and in my life. That you know who cares for you. You know that he's not rattled. You know who's taking care of you. And your soul is abiding in well, in well-being. This contentment, this peace and sustained settleness is a part of you. You see, our condition is affected by our attitude toward God. Our condition is affected by our attitude toward God. So we feel rattled if we have a small vision of God and we think God is not and care about me, he's not into my stuff or somehow or another, but, but if I've got a big vision of God, even though there are tears and even though there's disappointment and even though there's frustration and all of that stuff, we know that he's in charge. That's the reason why we love Horatio Spafford's hymn so much, It Is Well With My Soul. You know the story behind that hymn. Uh, his wife and family had been killed in a terrible shipwreck, and about a year or so later, he, uh, he comes back to the spot and where the wreck took place, and, and he writes this hymn. His heart is broken. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He wasn't talking about denial. He wasn't pushing down the pain that he'd gone through. But he knew despite the pain that the Ancient of Days, the God of the universe, he didn't understand what was going on, but he knew that God did. And his soul was settled. And that's what he wants to do in our hearts and lives. When we fear God, there's a stability that we don't have, but he has it. And he gives us well-being. The fifth and the final thing that happens, the fifth benefit from the fear of the Lord that takes place in our lives is found in verse 13. Again, the second part of the verse says, and his offspring shall inherit the land. His offspring shall inherit the land. Now, this doesn't mean that, uh, you know, uh, each generation is going to get more property, more acreage. And um, if that were the case, and my kids would say, Dad, you must not be fearing the Lord because you ain't got no property. <laughs> you know, that's not, it's not to be taken that way. But what he's talking about, what he's talking about is a comprehensive blessing of God being passed on from one generation to the next. Blessing and favor will be on future generations because of the fear of the Lord. We take far too much credit for the blessings in our lives. Far too much. I have, a, I have a suspicion that a lot of the stuff that we're experiencing in terms of God's favor and God's blessing in our lives may be due to some ancestor of yours who prayed 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago that you didn't even know about. Who feared God and walked with God and loved him and intervene in your life. I tend to talk a little bit too much about my family background here. Uh, I don't do that to, to uh, make myself the hero, to say we're all that and whatever. But I gotta tell you, I, I do it because I am profoundly, profoundly, profoundly grateful 
My great-grandfather Peter, the slave, couldn't read or write, was illiterate, but he feared the Lord. He feared God. Because of his worship of the Lord and how he feared the Lord, there's a lot of times, I got to tell you, you know, a little recognition I've gotten, good things have happened in my heart and life. The Lord will remind me, remind me, he will remind me, buddy, this may not have anything to do with you. This may just be a borrowed blessing. Could be the prayers that God honored in a previous generation. We know this is true biblically, don't we? Because Solomon, Solomon, uh, you know, midway through his life, screwed up and screwed up royally. And God said to him, buddy, okay, you know what? You know what? I ain't going to give you the full bore uh, consequences of your mess. You know why I'm not going to do it? You know why I'm not going to do it? Because of your father, David. Because of your father. Your daddy feared me, boy. So I'm going to bless you. And while I'm speaking, I just feel led to say this. There might be some of you listening to me, and you're living in sin, and you're a follower of Jesus. And you think because you're not getting spanked or meeting those consequences right now that, hey, look, you're getting away with it. You know, the Bible says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. And maybe what the Lord is saying to you is, no, you know what? There have been people praying for you, folks that you didn't know about. Back in 1805, you had an ancestor that walked with me and asked me to bless generations. No, I haven't given you what you needed because of mercy and honoring that prayer. If you want to shape future generations, you want to shape them, you want them to walk with the Lord, the place to begin is on your face before God. The place to begin is nurturing a heart that worships our great God. The nurture holiness in your own walk. To be marked by the fear of God. To cultivate a responsiveness to Him. And God says, if you do that, there'll be legacy coming through your family, through future generations. I will bless your children. I'll bless your grandchildren. I'll bless your great-grandchildren. I'll bless your great-great-grandchildren. I'll keep this thing going. But you have got to live in the Holy of Holies. You've got to fall on your face before me. You have got to worship me. If you do that, I'll do more than you could ever dream or imagine. But you've got to fear me. This country here in the United States of America, we're living on borrowed blessing. And the only reason why God has not judged us, the only reason why probably had to do with people praying in these small little churches and rural areas and slaves, former slaves, crying out to God and, and, and seeking the Lord to please stay his hand. We've gotten too cute and smart and arrogant for our own good. The legacy begins by fearing the Lord. 
Now, I just want to, as I land a plane here, ask a few questions. One, three of them. Are you resting in the Lord? Are you resting in his fear? That might sound like, sound like a weird question, but are you resting in that? I guess what I'm trying to say is don't fight it. Fear is your friend, and next week I'm going to talk about how to cultivate fear as my friend. But are you resting in the fear of the Lord? Secondly, uh, are you responding to the Lord? Are you responding to him? You're obeying him? Which leads me to the third and the final question is, are you resisting the Lord? You, you, you do know who you're resisting. We do know that, right? You, you, we do know who we're resisting. Are you telling God no? When I was 13, at 12 and a half or 13, I forget exactly when I, I ran away from home. Uh, briefly, it wasn't a good idea. Um, this is, I'm opening my soul. This is about, I started to say the dumbest move I ever made, but Karen has a few others she could share with you. But um, I got ticked off. I got two older sisters. I got ticked off with one of my sisters. I thought, I thought my parents had, you know, treated me unfairly in light of them. I don't even remember what it was. It was monumental. So at uh, any rate, so my father sent me out, you know, the one morning to go, go get the paper across the street of the store. And, and uh, so my game plan, I was, I, I was ticked. I was just, man, I was spitting mad, you know, take care of myself. And I walked out there and walked right past the store and I just kept walking. I'm running away from home. Show them. About five blocks late, I'm thinking, this may not be a good idea. Uh, how am I going to eat? Yeah, where am I going to sleep? I just got my allowance, and that was like about $1.50. Even back then, that wasn't going to go for so far. But I was hoping at the time, you know, what I was really trying to do, I was, gonna, I was hoping that I would hurt them, just hurt their feelings, you know. My father would say, oh, my baby boy, he's gone. <laughs> Where's that boy? This kind of thing. So I said, you know, I started making a U-turn to come on back home. But as I got closer to the house, I'm thinking, you really screwed up here. Because my dad was a little part of the old school, and I'm thinking now, what I, what I might get when I walk on the other side of this door may not be too pleasant. And so, but I walked in, and, and my mother, she, she's beside herself. She said, where, where have you been? And she's going to tell me, where have you been? Where is this? Where have you been? What? You know, going on. And, I, and I'm saying, I need to talk to Pop. He's in the backyard. So he's back there. And my father's, you know, he ain't weeping or nothing, man. I mean, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's fixing the fence. He's putting in a little chain. Like, he's back there working on the fence. And, and uh, so I just kind of like said, Pop, I need to talk to you. And I said, uh, I don't know what I was mad about, but anyway, I said, and I ran away. Now, I'm thinking that, you know, he was going to (laughs) melt. You know, oh, my boy, this kind of thing. He didn't lift up his head. He just kept, he said, you should have told me before you ate. (laughs) 
That's all he said to me. What's the point of that little silly story? Sometimes we feel like by withdrawing from the Lord, we're hurting him. And we're just hurting ourselves. He's there to shower goodness over us. Do you fear him? Do you want his wisdom? Do you want his instruction? Do you want his goodness? Do you want his well-being? Do you want legacy? Fear him. Walk into his presence. Surrender to him. Love him. In this great, awesome, incredible God tenderly sent his son to die for us, to be our savior, because he loves us and he loves you. And all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sin. I turn from my sin and I trust you as my Savior and Lord, and he will come into our hearts and lives. And those of us who are followers of Jesus, let, let's, let's think about our assumptions about God. Let, let, let's, let's challenge them. Let's look at our entitlement mindset. Uh, let's kind of back away from domesticating God and using him and seeing him for who he is. And paradoxically, that's when we are the dearest and the nearest in terms of intimacy. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you pursue us. Thank you that you don't fail us. Oh God, we love you. Lord, show us and teach us what it means to fear you, to worship you, to honor you, to not reduce you in any way. God, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Crawford Loritz here on Living a Legacy. Five blessings that come from fearing God. They are wisdom, goodness, direction, comprehensive well-being, and legacy. We're in a series called Awestruck, and as Crawford said, next week more about fearing God in his message, Making Fear Your Friend. If you've just joined us in the series, you can get caught up by listening to previous messages on our website. Go to livingalegacy.org and click on the link Past Programs, livingalegacy.org, or download the messages for free. Look for the MP3 link near the upper right-hand corner of our webpage. Maybe you've been a longtime listener to Living a Legacy. If so, we are grateful for you. But we'd be even more grateful if we could hear from you. Don't make it a one-way street. Interact with us through our website. You'll find a link called Contact. Just take a few moments to let us know you're there. Go to livingalegacy.org. We'll look for you again next week right here. For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.